So I'm not a pro shop user. No, you're not. They're a great sponsor of ours. And we hear a lot about pro shop from you, Jim. And one thing that's kind of surprising to me in, in a really good way for them is as I travel, I spend about a third of my life on the road. Yeah. As I travel, this year I've had like three or four different companies yeah. that are all either using Pro Shop and have amazing things to say about it. Really? Or they're like one time I walked in and they were telling me, yeah, that's Pro Shop on the screen, but we're just like analyzing which ERP we were going to switch They're blowing to. up, Nick. I mean, seriously, just from talking to Paul, he's a busy man and you're just hearing about him everywhere. I was like, look, I don't use Pro Shop, but everyone I know who does absolutely loves it. So, But in all seriousness, you're going into these shops across America yeah. and you see it on their yeah. screen and you're like, oh my God, yeah. This- I've seen that before. And I'm like, is that Pro Shop? They're like, yeah. yeah. And one of them was just a, right on the fence about to pull the trigger. You know, maybe... Paul should run for president in 2024. He's that <laughs> I would, popular. He would have my vote, man. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Yep. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Jim Carr and Nick Golners. What's up? How you doing, guys? Nick, how did you, doing, you say Golners? I did say Golners. Sorry, Golner. It's plural now. Yeah, he's changing your name already. <laughs> I've got you know <laughs> my many bad. facets to my personality. A lot of people actually do call me Jason Zengers. That is a little confusing because Zengers is the name of the company, and yeah. it's it started out because I mean. It started by my grandfather, and he wanted to name it. It's not plural; it's possessive. You right. Know? Yeah. So yeah. So some people call me Jason Zangers. That is funny because I mean I've known you for like eight years. Yeah. And sometimes I have to think, what is really your last name? Well, and it's is funny it Zangers, because Zangers? and then my wife's company is called Black Industrial and Safety Supply. Right. And that guy's name was last name was Black. Like so, he didn't call it Blacks. He just called it Black. Right. So I guess we could have called it Zenger. You're a possessive guy. You are I guess a possessive so. guy. Yeah. Well, that was my grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, hey, I got a question for you guys. What's what are you most upset about that there's not an international <laughs> manufacturing technology show this year? Honestly, I kind of miss the camaraderie and the partying and yep. seeing everybody and being downtown for a week. And I really do. I, honest, I like the human engagement. Yep. I, I, agree, I agree with you, Jim. Go ahead. Yeah, what about you, Nick? I'll dovetail on that too. See, we have a lot of partners from Europe and that's the time where they all come into it's Chicago. It's like once every two years, everybody gets to get together. Everybody. Yeah. We'll go to the Emo or the AMB and it's kind of the same thing in reverse. But it's not the same. It's not Chicago. Yeah. It's not Chicago. It's but, not the United States. But that's <laughs> the time where I get to get together with all these guys and you know we talk work a lot over Zoom calls and stuff like that, but this is the time where you get to have a beer together. Yeah. You know, you know it's funny. My wife always kind of razzes me. She's like, all your friends are work friends. And, you know, you guys talk about where I was like, well, we talk about other things, but like, I just enjoy the people that I work with. Like, like they're just good people. And, you know, yeah, those are my friends. Like, you know, some of my biggest clients are, you know, like my closest friends and stuff like that. And, you know, it is great time just to get together with people that you may not see, but once every two years. Mm -hmm. So it is, I think we're all on the same page. Is there anything else? Well, I love seeing the new technology. There's nothing like that. You know, I feel like we, I, my entire team, we like open our heads up and we're like, we go there like a sponge and we soak up all this new information and then we bring it back and we talk about it as a team and like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? What looks good? How is that product going to enhance our future? Right. So that's, that's, I miss that. I, I agree with you. And you know, there's something 
to be said about actually seeing that technology in person. I was I was making this analogy to somebody. We were actually talking about I have a group of other podcasters that I get together on a regular basis and we we talk about, you know, ways in order to make our podcast better and kind of encourage each other to make changes and I'm the only one I represent making chips in this group. I'm the only one or we are the only ones that record in person out the of this group. One? The only how one. Many, how many how many people? Uh there's six of us. Okay. So everybody else it does everything virtually no matter what and we're the only ones that actually go in person and we record. And I, I kind of made the analogy. I was like, well, if you were getting together with your friend to have a glass of wine, would you want to do it over FaceTime? Or would you want to actually like cheers wine and actually do it in person? I mean, and let's be honest, like you want to do it in person, like doing it over video is not the same it's thing. It's not the same thing. And so Jim, Jim goes to discover new technologies and we go to see to, what everyone's saying about what we're releasing oh, and what, what our competitors are doing right. and yeah. like tr- try to figure out, okay, what's the next new thing? that this market needs. And you just can't do these things to the same degree virtually. You can do some things, and I think it's a good add-on, but I I just really hope that that face-to-face thing never goes away. It's not, and it's going to come back really strong in future years, I believe, we believe. But another thing, too, is there's nothing, like we say in our part of our our intro to making chips, there's Mm -hmm. nothing like the sound of a cutting tool, cutting metal. That was our old intro. Remember that? I know, but that was, it was still it's still there, right? It still reads the same and it still means the we, thing. We used to call it the sexy lady intro. For the metalworking nation out there. Yeah. Get who, your blood pumping. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, you gotta go back and listen to some of our older episodes to uh to hear that one. Like what kind of a podcast is this? <laughs> one that was very successful. Thank you very much. But so, anyway, and you know, it gets a little smoky at IMTS sometimes. Sometimes you'll look over the horizon there and you'll see some smoke coming out of the the CNC machine tool and you're like, oh yeah, they're they're really making chips. And you know, I, I know the other reason that you like the live show, Jim, is I get a little embarrassed about it, but I know that you love it, is the big poster. The rock stars. The rock star poster of of us, like that's Oh, that was over. two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. So I know I, I that's embarrassing to me, but I know you love it. Or being on the big stage. I do yeah, like exactly. PR. Yeah. I do like yeah, Oh, do. that was so, fun. Yeah. So anyway, let's let's move on. So Jim, tell me something great going on with you right now. Personal or business? Uh, either one. Oh. Business, it's all about this new building. We finally took possession last week, and we're red now full speed ahead. Great. You, and I told you that I'm negotiating on a, on a big new building development, too. You did tell me that, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be kind of interesting, too. Great. So that's some good news, Jim. New it is. Building. It is. It, it's awesome. It's, you know, we're really, really excited. I've been in this same building for 40 years, so I think it's time that I move on a little You know bit. what, Jim? Yeah. Zenger's over 60 years in the same location. So speaking of news. Yes. I, I've got some manufacturing news for you guys. Let's do it. So this is from PR Newswire, which I think is basically like a website that just hosts PR releases. Yep. The title of the PR release is Smart Manufacturing Platform Revenue Will Pass 32 Million? No, no. Buh. Billion. Buh annually by 2025. So I'm going to read this part from from the actual press release. And that's only in five years. That's only in five years. As manufacturers integrate IT and OT, they rely on industrial IoT, 
or IIoT, uh, there's a lot of acronyms here. There is. Platforms dedicated to smart manufacturing to help their devices, connectivity, infrastructure, and data. These IIoT platforms also help manufacturers implement applications, derive insights, and deliver those insights to the correct stakeholders. More than $32 billion will be spent on these solutions annually by 2025, forecasts global tech market advisory firm ABI Research in its new white paper, The 36 Transformative Technology Stats You Need to Know for 2021. So I thought that this one was interesting just by the sheer dollar amount coming out of this. And the other What does thing it that- really mean? You know, they always bloat them up a little bit. Oh, it's going to be $100 billion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to explain that. These are real numbers. These are real numbers. So I, I always get leery of big numbers, big budgets. I know. I know. You know I'm going mean? to try to break it down for you. Okay. So you've got devices that you need to purchase. So you buy a device, you put it in your devices shop. Devices phone? Like, no, 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 oh. no. Like a manufacturing device. It could be a device that attaches to your machine. So that would be okay. part of the $32 billion. The other part of the $32 billion could be the... $25 per user per month that you pay for this software cloud-based technology. So this whole like monthly re- retainers to like license software is big, big business. As you guys all know, you can't just buy Microsoft Word and, and put it on your computer. You have to pay X dollars per month. And that's all of that money goes into that $32 billion, And that is big, big mm. business. So there's a couple things broadly that this technology can do. So you can, the technology part of this $32 billion is that you could take data from the devices and present them onto like an app. So like you could be at your home and you could say, okay, what is going on with my machine tools? And you open up your app and you look on that and you say, okay, well, they're all running with lights out right now. Right. I, have no, I can go to bed. I have nothing to worry about. Right. It could extract data and put it out into the cloud. So that's another thing that it could do. And it, save it. And save it. it could, and, and then sometimes you, you put it out into like this database. And then you have another software that presents it. So one extracts, one presents. Yep. Sometimes they do both. Right. Okay. And then you can also have another piece where you're, you're putting that data out into your enterprise system. So like, for example, it could be taking the data from your machine tool and then putting it into ProShop so you don't have to have this other software package to present it to yourself. You just have to go into ProShop and they handle like all that integration. So there's a lot of pieces here and everybody has a unique situation where they um, where they want to, you know, kind of extract the data, use the data, present the data uh, and store the data and all that kind of stuff. And you need devices to collect the data. I mean, it's a, it's a really kind of complicated web that has popped up rather quickly. I would agree to that because, you know, our ERP system is all subscription-based, all mm-hmm. that, you know. So it's ours, yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah. we're getting away from download it to your PC and and use it for a couple years. But the advantage, I think, to subscription-based software is you're constantly getting the updates. And it's not your job to do it. It's not my job to do yep, it. Right. It's automatic, right. you yep. know. Look, these numbers are real numbers, and this mm-hmm. growth is real growth. The new building we just built is to build big backup power generation enclosures. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge diesel or natural gas generator. When it k- kicks on because you lost power, all these data centers that Amazon, Google, Microsoft need to keep yeah. all this cloud-based stuff working, it, it, it can't have even two, three seconds of downtime. Right. Imagine what the world would look like if we lost seven seconds of data. Right. It oh would my be gosh. incredible. And you know, these computers, they generate so much heat. We deal with like a maintenance guy that at Zengers who manages one of these data facilities. And in a 20 below Chicago winter, 
they've got the air conditioning running. Oh, because really? that's how much yeah. heat these things <laughs> And when we're generate. making these enclosures, we have to make like 70-foot tall plenums that take the heat out. Yep, really? yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy business. And hey, guys, I got an idea. I have an idea where for a subscription a model for Jason's, manufacturing. Jason's Uh-oh. got Nick. Yeah. Jason's got an idea. Yeah. Watch out. So we, we could talk about this later. I'll, I'll have to vet this out. Maybe I can vet it out to our guests today too. Okay. But I've got an idea for a subscription-based manufacturing model. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, God. Here we, here we go. Another important thing from this article, like really quickly before we move on, that I thought was interesting was they say smart glasses will no longer be a novelty on the factory floor, but will people will be wearing smart glasses that's all cool the time. Technology. It'll be growing. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool really too. That's really cool. So, so let me Wait let me that. just touch on that real quick. I know Which we got to move smart on. Glasses. The smart glasses. Yeah, we, we just had our national sales meeting. Right. And one of the things With that Amy we, Hennig, Amy and Hen- yeah. and Hennig both got two it. separate days. Right. One of the things that Hennig does is we repair telescopic way covers. You drop a tool on a way cover, it crunches up. You can't run your your machine. It's gone. Or you got chips going into the ball screws. You got big problems there. So in order to facilitate that service, you need someone who understands how to measure all the ways and and how to analyze the cover and audit it to see how damaged it is and if it can be repaired or not. Mm -hmm. I think I know where you're going. We don't have 300 salespeople. Right. But what we want to do is partner with companies like Zenger's where they could wear smart glasses and we could see what they're seeing and they could be working directly with people at the HQ and Making sure we're getting the right measurements so we can quote that repair and that service. And you know what? That's what you need to do to be more efficient. Exactly. And you can also do a lot of just, you know, you can literally have a maintenance guy who's got like, you know, 40 years of knowledge. Maybe he's a guy that was thinking about retiring and he's, and he's, but he's got so much knowledge up in his head that needs to be extracted. And then you've got a junior guy who's in the plan. I mean, he literally sit at his house, be semi-retired and be looking at the machine tool and be giving instructions, you know, and have a great life and work till he's 80 years old. But, you know, he, he's, you're able to use technology to get that, yeah, like, you know, if what's our guy in his could mind. Just see what your guy's seeing. He could tell him yeah, exactly what exactly. to measure and get it done. Yeah. You know, I so. think we, I believe, I thought we've been talking about this for a few years now. The Google uh, Glass yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We have, but I mean, why, it, why has it takes a long time. Yet? Well, I mean, it just, think about it how long, slow think about how come. long the Toyota Prius has been on the market and yeah. now all of a sudden Tesla has just ramped things up and you see Tesla's everywhere. Okay. So, I mean, technology just, it has that kind of a swing where it gradually gets and then it just ramps. Right. So, and and that's lo- what's going to happen here. A lot of times, like a big catastrophic event like COVID can be what yeah. accelerates. Yes, yeah, I agree. That's Nick. the catalyst for that. So let's move on. Nick, could you please introduce our guest? Well, he's no, he's no stranger. No, to he's not. We, we've had him on here several times. So as I read his bio, maybe the audience can guess who it is. So today's guest is the CXO, which is Chief Experience Officer and Vice President of Exhibitions of AMT. Oh, I know. AMT <laughs> is the Association of Manufacturing Technology, which is most known for operating the IMTS. You only know because he's sitting right in front of you, Jim. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't know. <laughs> yes, would. you know. And here's another acronym. IMTS is for the International Manufacturing Technology Show. So during his tenure, the show has continued to be among the top three domestic events in the United States as ranked by several industry measures. He has overseen the introduction of technology-based advancements such as IMTS.com, IMTS-TV, My Show Planner, the IMTS Network, and most recently, IMTS Spark. He has served on numerous advisory boards and committees, most notably the Chicago Labor Management Council, the Choose Chicago Advisory Council, 
and the Friends of McCormick Place, a group involved in the construction of the current complex. In addition to IMTS, he is responsible for AMT's international trade shows, which have included major events in China, Brazil, Mexico, India, and throughout Europe. And Japan. His office smells of leather-bound books and rich mahogany. <laughs> welcome to the show, Peter Eelman. Nice. Hey, Peter. Welcome, welcome. Peter. How you doing? <laughs> My office does not smell of that anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. I had to throw it. In the current days, my office smells of whatever candle I can light in there, there for this week. <laughs> That's from, what movie is that from? Uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Yes, That's right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. And Peter, you're no you know, novice to, to being in front of the microphone either. You are quite the expert at being in front of the mic. So, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with yeah. you guys after yeah. all these yeah. many years. It's, yeah. uh, it's fun to be here. And welcome to Chicago. You just recently moved to Chicago permanently. Yes, yes, I did. We have so much going on trying to bring IMTS back and bring the trade show industry back. Sure. I'm, I'm very much involved in you know, trying to recover and put procedures in place at McCormick Place that uh, rather than getting on a plane every Monday and Wednesday, I'm just uh, <laughs> hopping in the car and driving downtown for a variety of meetings. But uh, Yeah, so I mean, if there's any cue to the metalworking nation as to whether IMTS is going to come back in 2022. Peter just moved to Chicago. Yeah, so, yeah it's I coming. Mean, <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, I think you need to know it's coming. So, Peter, I wanna, we're, we're here to talk today about IMTS Spark, and I want to just read straight from AMT's press release what they're saying about IMTS Spark, just so that the Metalworking Nation can kind of understand the intent, why you guys release this. So, like I said, this comes straight from your press release. IMTS Spark offers thousands of exhibitor showrooms, hundreds of events, and collaboration opportunities. It runs from September 25th first through March 15th, 2021, mm. and will deliver fresh original manufacturing technology demonstrations and content throughout the entire six months. It's a unique digital platform presented in conjunction with Gardner Business Media, which one of those outlets is Modern Machine Shop, that will help businesses optimize their manufacturing processes for speed, precision, and performance. IMTS Spark contains 2,036 exhibitor showrooms, 31 live machine, de machine demos, 240 different manufacturing technology sessions, 145 different speakers, live interviews, daily updates, host shows, and Q&A interaction with some of the manufacturing's biggest business and technology thought leaders. So that's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. It almost sounds just like IMTS. It's meant to be. It's, it, it, you said something in your open that really hit home for me. And that's what, why did you do this? You know, why did yeah. you guys do That was this? one of my you questions. What's the history here? What are you doing this for? Yeah. Well, the answer is you said what you missed about IMTS. All right. three of you said the same thing in, in a variety of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Connected community. That's what right. you missed. Connected community. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Why are we continuing to put these things together? Because the community still needs to be connected. Yep. Yep. It still needs that connection. It still needs that hunting around for a new product. It still needs that learning about new technology. It still needs the occasional get-together. Mm -hmm. It needs that. We can't go off on our own. It's just not what our industry ever has been. It's all about learning collaborating, yep. building things, going forward, finding out where the opportunities are. And that's what we've endeavored to do, even though we couldn't have the physical IMTS in 2020. So is this kind of like a bridge between 2018 and 2022? Or was this something that you guys had already been working on 
you know, years ago. Yeah, you good knew that question. Was be a virtual. It's a little out. of both. If there was a yeah. physical IMTS, would there still be a Spark? Yeah, there's a little of both here. Oh, really? I think I think what that surprises I think, me. Well, I think what you're seeing is an acceleration of what was going to happen anyway. Okay. Yeah. But think about this: IMTS as a show, as a physical show, can only touch a finite amount of people. Yeah, only right? so many people are going to so get a hotel. People. There's and, only you know, so many yeah. people that can get to Chicago at that that one week period we can only fit so many people inside the doors there's right. only so many hotel uh, rooms everything everything right there's a cap there is there is no cap yeah you're when right when you start to go online as you guys learn yeah. with your podcast there yeah. isn't a cap right mm-hmm. it's you know it, it somebody tells somebody and it, it continues to grow we've seen that kind of in the background over the last several years we did introduce live components from the network we did introduce a variety of ongoing kind of map your show as a partner did the showrooms that went beyond the show and we just thought we were moving in this direction this just made us move all at once into this direction yeah like what we talked about before we started your interview absolutely this kind of event accelerated the digital transformation Mm -hmm. right right on it and that's really what what we were setting up with this is a digital destination and the digital destination is really designed to give manufacturing technology a community and an opportunity to find the kind of solutions they'd be looking for in a live setting. It's all over the map, and you read all of the, that content. I should say that, that description of the content, that's an average month. Okay. That's not the whole length of it. So it that's expands just, from That's there. an average month wow. of content. We generally have three to five demons, demonstrations in a midweek day. Mm, wow, um, great. See, you're going to talk to a few folks that will say, hey, we've, we've done our demos. We get, we get kind of the same little crowd that you would get when you're doing a demo at IMTS. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many yeah. people can you get around a machine? 25, 30? Yeah. That's kind of the normal demo. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're moving forward with the community. So, Peter, you know, obviously there's a big difference between a virtual trade show and a physical trade show. Uh, how do you feel about the differences between both? I mean- I'm sure you've learned a lot in the last three months about a virtual trade show, and you're probably pivoting from that point. But how do you feel personally about the differences, and and how how can they help somebody that's trying to go and redo their research? First off, I'll attack the virtual trade show. Okay. You're going to attack it. Okay. I'm going to attack it. This has been a bubbling concept for many years. You could have a virtual trade show, have a virtual trade show alongside your regular show. Do this. And industry kind of seized on it. And there's a lot of ready out of the box solutions for a a virtual trade show, which is to my way of thinking nonsense, because you're not designing something for the media. You're designing it based on what was, what was the physical show, make it look like that. I, I think that's not how you do things. A podcast doesn't look like a television show. I am not so even glad close. you said that because I've seen some of these oh, virtual trade shows where you're like a video game character and oh, you, you like wander yeah. through yeah. aisles oh, and stuff. Come on. It's yeah. like, if I'm going to play a video game, it's going to be fun, not like right. walking through oh, a trade it's show. Awful. Yeah, yeah. That was our first move was to throw anybody who said, I can do your virtual trade show right out of our lobby. You know, yeah. you, you can't, you, you cannot. That's it, not it, our it concept. It does have to be a totally different vehicle. So. This is designed as a digital destination, not as a virtual trade show there is nothing on spark or network when we're when we're broadcasting that looks feels or acts 
like the physical trade show. About the only thing you can compare to is what would we would call an exhibitor showroom. But that's only because you have to have some way to categorize sure. so that people can find things. But it's not a virtual trade show in any way, shape, or form. So my answer to your question yeah. is, I don't see a vir- virtual trade show as being successful ever for anybody. Yeah. I think so what would you call evolve. this? This, I call this a digital destination. Okay. It is a digital destination. We have to come up with, I suppose, a catchier phrase, and you guys are better at that than me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to no, your- No, Nick is. Okay, Nick, name it for us. But, really but I mean, we call it- a digital it start, experience. Yeah, yeah it's, really, it's really a, I, I mean, I hate the term hybrid product too, but it sort of is. Sure. It's, it, but it's designed for this environment, not- for a physical environment and then doctored up and moved into something else. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. Thank you. So full disclosure, you know, it, that part of the challenge is probably trying to get people to pivot over there, right? So what have you done? What have you learned in the, in the few months that you've been putting this out? The learning process is um, mainly there's, there's always when you introduce something new, there's kind of two things. You, you have to explain what you're doing, of course. You also have to manage expectations. Right. Because managing expectations, and I've said this for years about any kind of project, yeah. you have to manage expectations. If you go into this, the same problem of virtual show. If you're thinking of this as a substitute IMTS, it, it's never going to work for you because you're not thinking of that. This, the expectation of this is the new way that you can communicate to your potential customers, right. to back and forth between visitors. There's a lot of opportunity here to move forward in communications and build our community. That's the Community is the key word community for everybody. Is Just we, like we, cash is king, community, community is king. Community is king. In our manufacturing world, the community needs key things. They need to know where new technology is and how to source it. Yep. And that's one of the big components of this, how to source it, how to find it, how to see it. You can see a demo when you, at the moment, can't go anywhere or don't want to go anywhere. So fine. Next Tuesday, sign up. Go see Mazak's demo. Sure. But then you can go on from there to a wide variety of things. If you're you're in the mood to hear a kind of a, a presentation from the forecasting conference, call it up. It's really on the beauty of a podcast. When I have time, I'm driving, I want to listen to it. So it's on demand. It is on demand. Gotcha. It is, we do we do have live components, but you can also source everything on demand. And you can participate on a wide variety of ways, whether you want to be active or passive. So let's talk about some of those live components, because you mentioned that it's not a, a, a digital substitute for a physical show. Is it a substitute for like an exhibitor's website? What makes it different than, you know, say, an exhibitor's website? And and describe some of those live components. Or even a live find. show. I mean, because right. you were talking about like machine demos. How do you do that? Right. You know what I mean? Well, I think I think how you do that is that you have the opportunity as the manufacturer to feature what you want to feature. You know, you're 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 in a limited period of time, just as you would kind of approach it in a trade show environment. There's mm-hmm. one parallel I'd have to draw. Is you got a limited amount of time. You don't have the customer standing in front of you for two hours that you can sell. And they've got all these outside distractions going on, right? Right now, you've got a set period of time. I think what we're seeing is it's helping manufacturers focus on their key features 
and on their key technologies that they want to bring to market. Mm -hmm. So, and we're also seeing that that kind of the what's new and what's exciting, those get the higher signups. Those get the higher, you know, the of the, course the group says, "Hey, that's cool. I do want to see that." And you know, along those lines, what I've been hearing from the big machine tool builders and the people I'm talking to all the time is, we had to totally change our marketing strategy and create a lot more content that tells the same story we would have told live at a show. Now we got to figure out how to do that digitally. But the beauty of that is as they're all pivoting and creating new content, it lives longer than four days or five days or however long people would be at a show. That's, that's the other side of it is that you aren't, you, you aren't over when, you know, the old Yogi line, it's not over till it's over, right? It's not over when it's over. It's over March 15th. It's (laughs) over March 15th, but I'll tell you what, that we've learned enough so far that there'll be some component of this in the future right. sure. or term because this is this is where the community is moving to right it's moving to alternatives yeah. mm-hmm. everybody's busy everybody's busy Every, no one has time to to get out but i i don't believe that that human engagement's going to ever go away i think it's something that we all just innately are drawn to so so do you think that somebody if the, if they say to themselves you know hey i need to buy a 5 axis 5 axis machine and I want to, you know, like kind of compare and contrast these different machines. Normally, I'd go to IMTS and I'd, you know, talk with the the, the sales guy and you do a demo for me. Can you get that same or like a similar experience through IMTS Spark that you would have gotten physically? Or like, what is that difference going to look like? I think the difference is you have to understand where we are right now in the scale. You don't have that alternative right now. You really right. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you you need to work within the world we live the in. Everyone does, right? Yeah. Everyone has to work within the world we live in. So right now, this is the alternative. This is the way that you can move forward and at least get your research done, get your direction set so that you can follow up and then either go for a visit or you know follow up in more detail with the various companies. I, I absolutely agree with Jim, and not just because it's my life, but in-person events will come back. Oh, And they absolutely. will come back huge. Huge. Because it, there's a buildup now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I think that what we'll find is that products like the Spark and like Network will increase demand on the future of attending shows and attending events, yeah. not decrease it. They will start to feed each other. Well, I think that we were created to interact physically with each other. And like, even if you go to my kids and I've got, you know, I've got a bunch of young, I've got like a a second grader and then I've got a freshman in high school and both of them are doing, or my second grader is doing virtual and my high schooler is doing a hybrid. They both want to interact physically with their friends. And you're talking about young kids that understand technology and stuff like that too. And they're like... This whole virtual thing, 100% is for the birds. Like, you know, we don't want... Well, actually, birds don't interact virtually either. But, um, <laughs> Ever, actually. But, <laughs> unless it's Twitter. Unless it's Twitter. Right, unless it's Twitter. There you go, Nick. <laughs> but no, I mean, people want... I mean, we were made to interact, yeah. you know, physically with each other. Sure. And so that's going to come back. So one of the key themes that you have this year, and and I this, is, I, this really resonated with me because I'm primarily in a supply chain business, and that's the, the main theme this year is rebuilding the supply chain. Can you tell manufacturing leaders why you chose that theme and what they can expect of that theme in IMTS Spark? You are talking about the greatest shock 
to people's supply chains in the history of supply chains. No kidding. I yep. think no kidding. A, we've tried to, you know, when we did a little research on on how to tell the story, we tried to look back and find things that would be huge shocks to the supply chain. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close to a global pandemic that is affecting every line of it. And and I personally saw this in the very, very beginning. One of my last trips- You predicted the pandemic? I didn't predict it, (laughs) but I saw the supply chain issue. Yeah. And I I, I saw it from uh, the perspective of, I was, it was the end of February, beginning of March. So it was just starting to This year, 2020. This year, this year. Okay. I was in England and I was visiting the AMRC, the Advanced Manufacturing Research Center, who partners with us on things at, at, at the show. It's University of Sheffield, big research institute. And one of the senior people there said, you're not going to believe this, but they partner a lot with Jaguar. He said, they're going to have to shut down in 10 days because they can no longer get parts oh from God. China. Wow. That was the beginning of the Ding! You, the light bulb went off. Something, Something happened. It, this is weird. So you can't get your Jaguar in here in Rockford because the supply chain got squeezed in China and can't get to Solihull, England. Well, I've wow. got some, I've got a couple real examples of that, Peter. That is related to manufacturing. So, like one of our clients, or several of our clients, though, but one of our clients in particular is super busy during this pandemic. I mean, like we're talking like double their output, and we had a particular carbide drill that was just you know drilling thousands and thousands of holes, and all of a sudden it, it came. I think it came out of Korea. All of a sudden, couldn't get it. So we had to say, okay, now we need to have this thing ground on a, you know, CNC grinder in McHenry, Illinois, instead of having it brought in from, you know, Korea. And, you know, this goes for a lot of different products, you know, that we sell and that everybody, I mean, so, I mean, this whole supply chain thing is just Mm -hmm. so, again, it's an intricate web that is, that is put together, but it really needs to be analyzed correctly. And then even at my house, so we've got, our fridge was 25 years old and the freezer part of it finally failed. Well, you know what? Some of that stuff that's manufactured right now, it's hard to get because they're like kind of like the Jaguar. The parts. It's the, well, they're just not, they're having trouble producing full refrigerators, full, you know, cars, just whatever you name, like that, that kind of supply chain was a bit shattered, you know, at one point because all this stuff kind of works in, it just flows and it was just flowing for a long time. Then all of a sudden one little part gets disrupted and that flow is just stops. Right. Absolutely. And in the term, I think that we're going to see, it's not that everybody is going to start sourcing everything in their neighborhood. I mean, that's just not right. practically it's, possible. But it's going to become domestic. There will be there near will be sourcing. there will be some near sourcing. There will also be a balancing. Yes, I think balance is the key because there there it's going to be very difficult for for manufacturers of anything to say I'm going to single source this out of this location. What happens if that location is the one that's affected right. by something? Right. This scare is going to resonate for many, many years. We aren't going to see people walking away from this saying, oh, everything's better. We're all good. I think we're going to see a much bigger focus on rebalancing. And that's why supply chain, sourcing, abilities, uh, how do you measure sourcing? How do you measure what's important? These are all going to be topics that we'll be exploring through Spark, through IMTS, through AMT. You're going to see a lot of this over the next few years. And while supply chain may be an overused term, 
the concept behind it is not. The concept. Mm-hmm. Is Do your there. connections tell you that? So, like right now, my understanding is that our our manufacturing GDP in the United States is about ten percent, maybe a little bit higher, maybe eleven, twelve, or something like that. Do your connections tell you that that's going to get back up to that twenty percent? Which I think for us, that's be, pretty high. I think that I well, it used to be there, Jim, and I think if we're going to really thrive as a country. In my estimation, it needs to be in that like at least fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be thriving I mean, as a country great. and growing, and everybody in the country has a great job, I think manufacturing GDP needs to be fifteen percent. And I think those countries that, and like a lot of our politicians in the past, and this is on both sides of the aisle, that have you know wanted to reduce manufacturing here for whatever reasons. I don't think that that was good for us as a country. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think about what the future holds for I, the United I'd, States? I would say I, we certainly see growth. No question. There's no growth. question at all. No question I agree. there's growth. I would agree with you. Where it goes from the, you know, does it go to 15? Does it go to 20? Some of that is going to be affected by innovation. Right. And no question. who's got the great leap forward? Right. Because if the research is being done again, and we are advancing the ball again a bit farther on, what we're seeing is, boom, suddenly a new product advance. And if that new product advance is so strong, the first desire will be, let's get it built and let's get it built right here. And if that happens, that can be the difference between the 15 to 20%. If there are new products, new concepts you know, what, what if we invent a better battery? Right. You know, what right. if we invent something like that? It seemed that? like the old paradigm, and you, we were talking about this before the show with you, but the old paradigm was like, hey, let's prototype some new technology or a new device or whatever it may be, and then figure out how to manufacture oh, it overseas. It's no, like, why? No, I hate that. Like, let's get rid of like 80% of the profit because we have this really good idea. Yeah. Right. Like, why? I know. And you know, even our friends over at M-Hub, which they're a manufacturing incubator, that that mentality at some of the you know young entrepreneurs that go through there, that's still what they think. They're like, okay, I'm going to spec it out here, and then how do I have it made? Cheap? No, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Right. Not anymore. I mean, it's still going to probably be a, a lower cost product. Yeah, but if you bring that automation- I know. There, there's a lot to think about. There's it. a lot to think about. But- it's easy to just outsource it to it's, a different country. I think yeah. we all agree that these big OEMs here in the States are going to have multiple emergency mitigation plans in place. So if there is a pandemic with their overseas supply chain, they're going to be able to pivot quickly without disruption to, to keep that supply chain going. So we can get parts for refrigerators, so we can get parts for cars, so yes, whatever the case yes. may be. The word beyond balance is robust. Yeah. Right. You know, you want, you're going to want that supply chain yeah. Yeah. where you're getting things to be robust I like enough. That. I like that. that. Let's you go. You can find yeah. this. Oh, this one's blocked. Let's go here. Yeah. This yeah. one's blocked. Let's right. go here. Yeah. Let's move to balance and then from balance to robustness in our manufacturing. I love We're it. seeing the th- this whole issue create competitive advantages for people who are domestically sourced. So at one of our companies, a couple of our competitors are sending emails out to all their distributors. Hey, add two weeks to our lead time because we're having trouble. As soon as we saw that, because it makes its way back to us, we're creating email blasts on our lead times are shrinking, you know, and we're using that as a competitive advantage. There you go. So we know 2020, of course, we had to We all had to pivot. We had this huge disruption called COVID-19, and we're we're still learning to live with it until there's truly a universal vaccine that's available to everybody so people can start going out. I'm not getting the vaccine, Jim, so don't don't push it on me. Well, (laughs) I, I would not do that, but 
regardless. So nothing's going to happen in IMTS until 2022. Hopefully, there, there will be a vaccine that is readily available that we're not going to be in a pandemic of 2022. How is IMTS Spark going to dovetail with IMTS 2022, the physical show? Great question. That is that is an excellent question because it it circles back to what we were saying in the beginning that that these are complementary, they're not competitive. They're two different concepts. Spark is designed to run just through March or so of next year, mm-hmm. and that's on purpose, right? Because this is number one, it's a very very heavy lift, and it's a very very heavy. You read the statistics. I mean, that's a that's, that's a, a nightmare to manage, and it's a you know, but it's filling a void right now. Sure, but we're hooking people. We're hooking people on this concept. So what's going to happen? There's probably going to be, okay, Spark ends, but what's going to replace Spark? What's going to replace Spark is a similar concept that will dovetail in with an actual physical show that, you know, a lot of, we're, we're getting what everybody wants right now, preference studies in real time. Right, you right, can see right. what people want. Right. You yeah. can see what people like to do. Yeah, because so you're, you're, getting getting all those doing, ana- you're getting all those analytics from the clicks. You right? betcha. You can <laughs> stop doing what doesn't work, start doing more of what does work, yeah. and keep inventing. So, yeah. you know, Spark's not going to go away. We're, it's probably not going to be called Spark because, as I said, we're dovetailing network. Ne- our, our network is everything. Mm-hmm. The IMTS network is everything. It's all our connections to the community. And when you have a connected community, you can go a lot of different ways. And that and that's what you'll see. Sure. So this is not going to be the last question, but I do have questions, Peter, about how do people sign up? Is there a charge to sign up for IMTS Spark? And what are the high level, just give me three bullets of the high level benefits of signing up and just clicking through and finding out what kind of resources IMTS Spark This has. is the making chips rapid fire. Right. Boom, Absolutely. Boom, boom. Okay, here you go. Yeah. IMTS.com. It's very obvious where you sign up. There's a nice little bug there that says IMTS Spark. You hit that, and it asks you to register. It is free. All you got to do is, yes, it is absolutely free. You just sign yourself up, get yourself a password, and you're in. And at that point, what's great is you can start to build your own schedule. You see something, you can start looking through the schedule weeks in advance and say, oh, there's a demo. I got to get that one. I got to see that one. You can put it in your, very similar to my show planner that you have for IMTS. Yeah, this sure. is my Spark. Planner. Right. Mm. So you can add, I want to attend this demo. I'd love to hear this speaker. And I want to participate in this roundtable. Can you save it on your on your, you have your credentials? Own, yes. Okay. You have your own space that okay. you can build your agenda. Got you it. You can do it weekly, monthly, as far out as we have the schedule. Will it notify you yep. that... Yep. You're, you're, you've you're, got a meeting coming beginning up. Beginning of the and, week, beginning of each week, you kind of get a, a little set of highlights of things that you've signed up for awesome. and other things that are happening that you might want to sign up for. And as an exhibitor, I'm getting that too. So as people are visiting my show. Yeah, tell us about that. I've got an Excel sheet sent to me with over 50 good like, leads. leads, I guess. People said, hey, I want you to have my information and I want you to send me more. And that's great. That is a part of the planner. So mm-hmm. as you're in there, you're you're visiting, you're looking, you're you're signing up, you're you're getting the information you need. Peter, I've got two really quick questions before we let you go. First one is what is Spark? What like what where did that brand come from? Why Spark? Yeah, why Spark? 
You guys know the IMTS logo, right? You've seen the logo. Yep. Yeah. Senior, what do you think that right there. is right there? Okay. Oh, that's, 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 that's the Got idea. It. All right. The reason we chose this logo low these many years ago, and it is about, it goes back to, I think, six years now. We mm-hmm. kind of doctored the logo a little bit. Mm-hmm. The thought of IMTS is inspiration, the spark, the idea. Right. The what you see, the innovation. That, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. It likes I, a spark. I, the Emerging Technology Center. Yeah. Wow, sure. you can 3D print a car? You can do this? You can do that? I mean, it's all about the spark, the spark of an idea. And that's why it's called Spark. Well, I'm glad you brought up the 3D printing thing because we talked about digital and physical. And, and it reminds me of when additive manufacturing first got going and everyone was like, this is going to replace CNC machines. Oh, yeah, it's right It's going to replace subtractive. And everyone who was realistic was like, no, it won't. And the people who are really thriving are figuring out how those things converge. What you've done with Spark is we're hearing the same thing. Oh, the digital trade show is going to be the future, and there's going to be no such thing as a trade show anymore. No. And I think that's just as, yeah, as insane as, the, as thinking additive and subtractive won't coexist. Bingo. I think you're right, you're right on in that. It's, it's evolutionary and, and revolutionary. Yep. The marriage of the two is how you go forward. One doesn't replace the other. They're complementary. Exactly. That's the secret sauce right there. Yeah. So as a last question, you know, I'm not a sports guy, but one of the things that I do know is like if you if you go to like the World Series, so the you know, like let's say the one time that the Cubs won the World Series, we all remember that. Yeah. And you go to that World Series game, if it's the last game, say the Super Bowl or something like that, they've always got, you know, shirts printed and hats made for like both sides. And ultimately one side it becomes you know, irrelevant because they didn't win. And I know, so like my, my (laughs) wife's, um, my wife's mother is from Thailand and I've been there before and you go to Thailand and you see all these shirts and I'm like, I know that the, uh, New England Patriots won that Super Bowl. So why is their competitors (laughs) t-shirt saying that they're the Super Bowl winner? So you've got on your, you know, your IMTS 2020 swag. So is all that swag going to go overseas at at one point in the future? Cause it didn't really happen. This is the only piece of swag that exists. No, oh, I know this, this is the this is a sam- this is a sample. Oh, so you actually we never made anything? Actually, we, we it, it <laughs> stopped. The button. It stopped early enough that we we saw that that hold wow. on with all the orders, hold on with everything. <laughs> wow. So this is this actually what I'm wearing. It doesn't fit me exactly perfectly because this is a sample gotcha. of a of a uh, of an IMTS 2020. I actually can't wait to not have any relevance on this. Yeah, I want 2022 ASAP. Yeah. It'll be we here want before to we know print- it. Yes, I, it will be. It's on the business cards already. <laughs> yes, it is on the business cards already. Yeah. So so That's no awesome. so for the metalworking nation, if anybody wanted to have like an IMTS 2020 sweatshirt that never happened. They're it's not, not going to get one. They're not available. I, I, I don't want to remember it, and I don't think anybody else wants to remember it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, with that, Peter, we thank you for being on the show yeah, and, and being here with you, us. Man. It's great to see you, of course. And, you know, if, if anybody wants to connect with you, of course, they can go on to LinkedIn, get connected with you. Of course, go to imts.com and just get connected to IMTS Spark. But thank you for being on the show. You bet. I look forward to doing this on a regular basis. Love uh, it. We, we are a connected community, and you guys are a big piece of the connection. And thank we you. Thank we you. appreciate oh, that. Thank you thank very you. much. For we that. appreciate yeah. that. And again, welcome to Chicago. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah. So, what do you guys think about IMTS Spark? Did this, you know, kind of spark some other thoughts about what this show was all about? Because I, I definitely learned something here. I learned that it's not intended to 
you know, be a replacement for IMTS 2020, which I thought that was, was my biggest takeaway. And too. it's not a virtual show, as, right. as we were told. But everyone says this is like the substitute, a digital substitute, and that was my biggest takeaway. They, I think, they made a wise decision by not trying to make it right. Yeah, absolutely, a what about you, Jim? Substitute. Um, I'm going to check it out. I, I, I'm remiss to say that I haven't looked at it yet, but I definitely would like to do it. I think that I can learn something there. There's going to be some resources there that I can use and take back to my shop. So I will definitely do that. Great. Well, so for the Metalworking Nation, please go to imts.com slash spark and sign up. And you can also- It's free. free. Yeah, exactly. And you can also contact us at Making Chips and let us know what you think about IMTS Spark. Call us 312-725-0245 or email us info at makingchips.com. Just let us know what you think and let us know what you believe about the future of manufacturing trade shows because we'd like to hear from you. Because if you don't have a connected community, you're not making chips. And if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. Go ahead. Jim's got some dumb questions to ask before we <laughs> stop recording. There's well, no such thing as a stupid give you question. Give answers to the dumb. <laughs> no, they're 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 basics, and I don't know why you didn't ask them to begin with, Jason Zenger. How do people sign up? How much does it cost? And what are the benefits? Jim? That's part of our closing. Where do you see that? It's in the closing. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't read that far.